The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's great to have you back on a Theology Thursday. Today, a subject which we're actually going to unpack over this week and next week today. In case something seems a little off for you, it's because we're not live today. We pre-recorded this uh, because I'm in Winston-Salem this Thursday uh, for the North Carolina Home Educators Big uh, convention that they do once a year and i'm speaking a couple of times and i have a booth there so just pray that the lord would bless those efforts as i try to add more and more students uh to the classes that i'm teaching so that's why i'm not here but next week on thursday we'll be back uh live with dr Stuart scott from bju seminary we're gonna do part two of what can be a very dicey subject which is god's will in decision making now i actually Stuart, it's great to have you back thank you for your time i i mentioned this before i hit the record button Uh, One of the classes I took at Southeastern Baptist when I was pursuing my master's degree in ethics was God's will in moral decision making. And my wife and I uh, had been believers, I don't know, maybe 12 or 13 or 15 years at the time. And in evangelicalism, you know, you've got this God loves you and he has a wonderful plan for your for your life. And then he's got uh, this kind of lily pad, all these different things out there, which might include your spouse. And then for some reason, God hides it from you. And then you got to go look for open doors and closed doors and lay out a fleece here and there and uh, follow the spirit and and try to find God's revealed will for your life. And and then I came away from that class pretty early, uh, Stuart, and saying, yeah, God doesn't have a specific plan for your life, that it's all laid out. And uh, most of his plan for our lives is found right there in his word. And that didn't go over so well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> between my wife and I. So this is a great topic, and I really appreciate you bringing it up and especially dedicating two weeks to it. Uh, thanks for being back. How are you? Oh, absolutely. Thank you, Steve. I'm, I'm doing well, and um, uh, this is a, such an important topic every day of our life since we make thousands of decisions every day, and we want to glorify God in all of them. Yeah, and I think, uh, I, you know, I, I started in jest, but I think a lot of people really struggle with this. I've, I've, done, I've talked about it on the air before. I've had lots of conversations with people because there's that uh, common knowledge. I don't know if it's just evangelicalism where it's like, hey, God has this wonderful plan for your life. Oh, yeah, where is it? What is it? And how do I get there so I can get my little Joel Osteen button and have my best life now? Uh, but but how do you – what have you run into? I know you've talked about this for years, but, but what's kind of – out there in the Christian church and evangelicalism, be it at BJU Seminary or the university or all the other places you've been? Yeah, pretty much wherever I I go, even when uh, the Lord graced me with salvation when I was a senior in high school, there's so many decisions I'm Mm -hmm. faced with. Do I go to school, tech, don't go to any school, uh, further education, do I get married, stay single? I mean, all these questions the major weighty ones, and I i didn't know how God was supposed to tell me uh, on what to do, uh, where to go, and um, I started asking my teachers at the high school, Christian high school, 
And they were just saying things like, well, he'll he'll speak loud enough if you're quiet enough. <laughs> uh, you know, um, he'll you'll just know. Yeah. Yeah, that was one. You'll um, have a piece about it. Yeah, you'll have a piece. That's definitely a huge one. And uh, just look for open doors. And uh, <laughs> one theologian said they lead to elevator shafts. So, you know, it's like, don't, don't, uh, but I just was all over the place. I was flipping coins for certain decisions. I was, um, I mean, some of these different evangelical leaders were saying that God spoke to them, you know, and yeah. told them, you know, what mission field to go to. And I'm going, wow, man, I, I, I don't get that. I'm not hearing that. And I was out in the woods, you know, trying to listen for mm-hmm. God's voice. I, and I wasn't alone. This is a very common people yeah. not quite sure. They're uh, paralyzed by analyzing everything to death. And so when it came time in further studies um, on doctoral work, and I had to pick a, a topic to really go after and research and see what the scripture has to say about it, I picked this one. So this is, uh, I read a ton on uh, numerous evangelical writers on what they have to say. There's some really good books, and then there's some that just take you and you derail. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people have agonized over this one. And it was, uh, I remember we read several books during that one semester class. And was exposed to one book by Tim LaHaye, where he was basically talking about you have three (laughs) different levels. You're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. You can be an A-level Christian, a B-level Christian, or a C-level Christian. And and you, if you, if you backslide so far and don't repent quick enough, uh, you'll end up a C-level. Hey, don't worry. Uh, you're still going to heaven, but you're never going to have God's best in your life. And, and I I was like, really that, that got published that way. I mean, this is the left behind guy, right? And we're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really brutal. There's uh, in some of the notes and by the way, uh, Dr. Scott has an incredible uh, little document. It's not it's not intimidating. It's only like nine pages long. I'll send it to anybody. You sent it to me. I'll send it to anybody that wants it. This will really help you kind of study your way through this. And you might do this in your small group or with a Bible study group or, or just at home uh, because this is such an important topic. So if you want to get a copy of it, I'll be happy to email it to you. Just email me, as always, steve at thestevenobleshow.com, steve at thestevenobleshow.com in the in our email exchange you referenced J.I. Packer who said wrong ideas about God's guidance lead to wrong conclusions about the right thing to do and in such a powerful mm-hmm. quote I'd speak real briefly we've got about a minute before the break uh, let's just set up the centrality of God's word in this search for God's will yeah it, it um, when we look at the scripture and when even when Jesus was asked various questions about various decisions he, he would constantly say, what does the Scripture say? Mm. Have you not read? <laughs> I mean, over and over again throughout the Gospels, and then even Paul picked the, the same kind of thing up in Romans uh, for what does the Scripture say? And um, we just don't think the Scripture has much to say about uh, the topics that we're addressing in right. all of our decisions. And we, we think the Spirit of God... Um, well, we know he gave us his word, uh, the scriptures, but we think we need something else other than the scripture, which really attacks the sufficiency of scripture right. uh, in our life. Yeah, it's such a big deal. It's like somebody gives you a gift and you're like, uh, this looks nice, yeah. but what do I do with yeah. it? Uh, that gift for us is the word of God. We'll talk about what to do with it when we come back right after this on Theology Thursday with Dr. Tim, uh, Stuart Scott. We're talking about God's will and decision making. We'll be right back. 
again, we're talking to Dr. Stuart Scott from PJU Seminary. So we're talking about God's will and moral decision making, Stuart. And we, 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 you teed up uh, we, about God's word. All God's word is for us. You put in your notes. And if you want to get a copy of all this, just send me an email. Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. All of God's word is for us, but not all of God's word is directly to us. That's one point. And followed by the second one, uh, which I mentioned earlier, is God's will something we need to find or is it something already revealed? I think we I, every Christian I know, myself included, would go, oh, I, I love God's word. God's I built my life on God's word. I tr- try to follow God's word. But when it comes to decision making, uh, we send there. We, now we turn to other things. And you were saying uh, on our break before we came back in to record this segment about how many times you see in both the Old and the New Testament. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Uh, it, hey, check the scriptures. Jesus does it. Mm-hmm. Paul does it. So let's talk about the centrality of God's word in this. Uh, for a lot of people, it seems to be a mystery making good, godly decisions. Yeah, I uh, when I started just researching this topic, and again, there's a lot been uh, that has been written on this topic over the decades. Uh, I was coming across of passage after passage, verse after verse, on nothing about trying to find what God's will is, but it was all about doing His will. Mm. I, it was so striking, like Psalm 143.10, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Uh, Matthew 12.50, Who, whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister. Uh, John 13, if you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Uh, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is, Ephesians 5. And I mean, I was, especially in Hebrews, You know, when you have done the will of God, you may receive what's promised. Or in uh, chapter 13, chapter 10 and chapter 13, that you may do his will. It was just over and over again, whoever does the will of God abides forever in 1 John. I'm going, it's not like um, something's out there and a mystery. It's been revealed. The revealed will of God is the Scripture. And that's what he wants us to know and to do. And I thought, whoa, um, I'm searching out there for stuff. Yeah. And it's it's the commands and principles uh, that are for all of God's children to know and then to uh, obey with delight. And God has a decreed plan, uh, an aspect of his will, that he'll take care of that. He's in yeah. charge of that. Yeah. Providence is how he carries it out. So there's this sovereign aspect. He got it, has declared the end from the beginning and everything in between. From Isaiah, he says. So he, he's he got the plan. He, he knows he's working it. Everything's working according to his will in Ephesians 1.11. But he wants us to read, study, and follow his revealed will, and he'll take care of the sovereign part. He'll redirect our steps, yeah. as Proverbs sixteen nine says. And I went, oh, boy, this just takes a ton of pressure <laughs> off. Of, I'm not trying to find something. Yes. I'm just trying to apply 
the commands and principles of his word to whatever decision I'm making. Which sounds a little bit, Stuart, we're talking to Dr. Stuart Scott from BJU Seminary today on Theology Thursday about uh, God's will in decision-making. It sounds a little bit... Uh, like God is in charge, I'm not, and that I'm that that by studying His Scripture, by studying His Word, and knowing His principles and His truths, then I have this kind of walk of wisdom that I have an yeah. operating system inside of me, depending on how much I study God's Word and how much I know it. And mm-hmm. then that, then the stronger that operating system is, the more it's going to speak into my basic decisions. Some small, some medium, some big. Where to go to mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. marriage, things like that. So well, I don't know who I'm going to marry. Well. The scripture gives you a pretty good indication on where to start there. Is, is that person a believer or not? And then there's wisdom yep. there. But uh, I think for a lot of people, it just, are they, are a lot of us frustrated, Stuart, because we want it uh, revealed or behind door number one, two or three, or we want to have a, uh, a, 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 a fancy feeling about it or a piece about it or an open door or a closed door, depending on what billboard we see on the way to work, because we don't want to do the harder work of being a good student of God's word? Yeah, I, I would concur with that. It, it, it takes work to study and apply it, but there is within us a, a drive to want to walk by sight by to walk by feelings rather than walk by faith mm-hmm. based on the word because Hebrews 11 talks about the true faith and faith is God told these saints you know what to do and what he's going to do and they believed him and they acted upon it so we, you know, one day we will be sight. We, we will see Jesus. We will be with him. But until then, you know, the Lord says, blessed are those, you know, who don't see yeah. and, and believe. And right now in our Christian life, we're to be walking by faith based on his word. But there's just within us, I want to feel it. I, right. I want, yeah. you know, the, the checks, the impressions, the peace. Uh, I want all of that. That that's what's going to guide me, and that's not what Scripture says guides us. Yeah, and I think that's the challenge. Again, we're always, and I think there's a, something here I want to acknowledge that I think is good. I think a lot of us truly want to be within God's will. We want to make decisions mm-hmm. that are pleasing to Him, and we want to make decisions that are in accordance with His will and with His revealed will and His Word and His character. And oftentimes for myself, I'm like, am I, am I being a good, uh, applier, which I know is terrible English. Am I, am I applying his revealed will well in my life and then complaining about what I don't understand? Like, what am I doing with what I already know? Because I think, uh, tell me if you agree with this. we got about a minute before the break. I think the overwhelming majority of what God wants us to do with our lives, he already wrote it down for us. Yes. Yeah. And he's taught us in his word how to apply his word to the various level weighty decisions that we have. So marriage, whether it's parenting, whether it's vocation, whatever we need to know, God has revealed. Mm. And that we don't need something other than that. Because even uh, getting information, yeah. 
talking to other believers is part of the biblical wisdom, you know, and the multitude of counselors, yeah, there's wisdom. There's, yep. So there's, there's guiding principles yeah, which, 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 by the way, we're going to uh, part two of this conversation we'll do next week, which is like how to do this, how to apply scripture, how to actually walk out this life of wisdom. This week, we're kind of setting that up. So when we come back, Stuart, I want to talk about how we misuse scripture. Let's talk about that. And then I also want to talk about uh, all kinds of bad ways that people try to make decisions uh, when they think they're trying to be in accordance with God's will and God's plan. This is Steve Noble with Dr. Stuart Scott. It is Theology Thursday, and we'll be right back after this. Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, a word of caution. I would suggest that you don't make any major decisions uh, while the show is playing today as we're talking to Dr. Stuart Scott from BJU Seminary. We're talking about God's will and decision making. You mentioned that before we even started recording today. We're pre-recorded because I'm in Winston-Salem for the uh, homeschool convention. So if you happen to be there, I'm speaking, well, today at 5 uh, which is Thursday, and then I'm speaking again Saturday morning at 11. Uh, Dr. Renton Rathman, by the way, who's on the show quite a bit, is also there uh, this week. So he'll be there. I've, I'll have a display talking about my classes at Noble U. So if you happen to be at the, the homeschool convention in Winston-Salem, please stop by and, and say hello. But such an important topic, Stuart, as we're working through uh, God's will. And, and you mentioned this in between segments about the sufficiency of Scripture. And that's kind of, a, that's kind of an active battlefield these days and i think one of the things we want is uh, we can be like petulant kids and we and we want something a little more easily attainable and they say okay yeah god's word is great uh, yeah i believe it's sufficient to live a life of godliness and productivity and human flourishing yet uh, lord i'm 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 going to lay out a fleece here i'm going to uh, ask for an open or closed door i need a piece about this i i think we're n- actually and we say that the Bible's sufficient. That's one thing. So I think our orthodoxy might be okay, but our orthopraxy, what we do, uh, might mm. betray something else that is actually yeah. not sufficient. Is that? Am I tracking correctly there? No, you are. I mean, I, I uh, we we have that um, our stated belief, but then as you mentioned, how we actually function. Yeah. And our decision-making, uh, our functional theology doesn't match it. And uh, I think of uh, a well-known uh, statement on the Scripture or in the Westminster Confession of Faith that the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith, and life is either expressly set down in Scripture— or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture, under which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. And that, uh, you know, I could quote other uh, yeah. statements from godly people throughout the church history, is don't go beyond it. Nothing outside of Scripture has authority. Uh to speak into my life like that. It's just scripture alone. 
And uh, one one theologian, R.B. Kuyper, said the the essence of mysticism, which is real popular today because of our subjectivity, uh, the essence of mysticism is to separate the operation of the Holy Spirit from God's objective word. And that is a constant yeah. movement yep. of, of they just think the Holy Spirit has to say more than what he's already said. Right. The Spirit led me to, and I'm not saying that doesn't happen, but if the, the Spirit's not going to lead you to anything that isn't already uh, uh, expressed in one way or another in the Scriptures. And that's where you have this point in our in our outline today. Do we limit, because I want to talk about the role of the Holy Spirit, uh, because I've, I've, I have a lot of friends that are, you know, hey, I'm, I'm just waiting for the Spirit to guide me with what to do here. Mm-hmm. So you have this point. Do we yeah. limit the Holy Spirit when we always go to God's Word? Or has the Holy Spirit limited himself with how he communicates to us and instructs on all matters? Because people are like, well, the Spirit, uh, I'm praying for the Spirit to lead me to this decision, which school to go to, whether I should marry this person, should I take this job and move to another city? So I'm just waiting mm-hmm. for the Spirit to lead me, uh, which, which sounds holy. It sounds yeah. spiritual. It sounds like, uh, like a, what a mature Christian could expect. Uh, but is it accurate? Right. And, you know, we, I mean, Holy Spirit's so involved in our lives. I mean, uh, the scripture tells us in Romans 8, he empowers us. He leads us in holiness. Romans 8, Galatians 5, he comforts us. He strengthens and enables us. He convicts us of sin. He illumines our minds. He dwells in us. But when it comes to communicating with us, he's already communicated. And that, in 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17, 2 Peter 1, uh, 20 and 21, God has already spoken, and it's sufficient, it's enough, and we don't limit the Spirit. The Spirit has, in some ways, limited himself when it comes to communicating to us. Prayer is not communicating, it's not God communicating to us, that's us communicating to God when we speak to him in prayer. But the Holy Spirit has uses his word, we meditate on it, and then he, he gives us wisdom, which is his word applied to situations, right. trials, or whatever it might be. But it, it, the Spirit's very active, but not apart from his word when it comes to communicating. Yeah, so this is one way that, I, and, I, and I know that one's ruffling feathers just as you were unpacking that. I'm like, okay, uh, Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. <laughs> Go ahead and email me, uh, <laughs> Steve at thestevenobleshow.com. But uh, one of the things that you kept saying there is the Holy, the interaction between the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. The, the, if you want to know what God is saying, you need to know the Word of God. God has spoken, and what he said is mm-hmm. sufficient. So... Uh, the question I often bring up is: Is do we have enough command of God's word that the Holy that we've given the Holy Spirit with our own work and our own pursuit of of knowledge with with the Scriptures? Have we given Him enough to work with? The Holy Spirit's yeah. going to use that's God's language. You want to know what His language is? That's what it is. Yeah. And so, how much of His language have I actually memorized, or do I know? Because if I only know a few words, the Holy Spirit's not going to be able to say a whole lot to me. Because I can't understand him anyway, because I don't know God's word. Does that make sense, or am I just, is this all mumbo-jumbo? No, no, that makes perfect sense to me. Uh, (laughs) You know, when people say, well, the Holy Spirit 
uh, did this or God did this or God laid on my heart or God impressed upon me. Once you leave the pages of the Bible, you have no sure way to prove it was God. There's no way to to um, be sure yeah, it's yeah. God and no safeguard from error once you leave the pages of God's Word. And one, one professor up at Southern Seminary, uh, Dr. Peter Gentry, uh, he and Steve Wellam in their book on uh, Kingdom and Covenant, uh, he he writes, when you take God's name and you start putting it on just impressions, feelings, hmm. and whatever, you know, rather than just saying, I had a thought, yeah, or I had an impression, but you put God's name on it, that God, this is God's desire, God's impression on you, he says you're committing identity theft, and it's a form of, of taking God's name yes. in vain. Exactly. And I, I'm, you know, rather than just, I, I'll have, a, I have an impression, I'm going to check it out using the commands and principles of Scripture. I had a thought. I'm going to take that through the sieve of God's Word and um, see if it agrees, lines up with. Right. But as you said, if we don't know God's Word, um, I know Lifeway came out with uh, statistics a few years ago. I don't know how many surveys they sent out, but it wasn't a good uh, result. Yeah. When 20% say they never read the Bible, 40% said they read it once or twice a month. Uh, 20% um, said they read the Bible every day, and then uh, the rest read the Bible maybe once a week. So if we're not going mm -hmm. you know to know our God work with there. or his revealed will. Yeah. yeah, and then you've got, uh, you know, the, the, you and I are old enough to know what the— a good housekeeping seal of approval is it's, it's almost like you have this little stamp and every time you say, well, the Lord told me or the Lord led me that you're putting this stamp uh -huh. on something. And I'm like, Hey, well, the yeah. Lord led me to go talk to this person at the grocery store. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I think the Lord wants us to love our neighbors as ourselves. I think he wants us to share the gospel whenever possible. And uh, right. that's consistent. I'm not going to die on that Hill. I can sit there and go, okay, yeah. uh, go talk to the, the redheaded guy on aisle three. Uh, and that's what yep. the Holy Spirit told me to do. I'm like, mm. I think he wants us to talk to people on every aisle when the opportunity presents itself, whether he told you to go find the redhead on aisle three or not. I struggle with that personally as a Christian yeah. when other people say it. And then and then the question that makes the, the appearance is I'm less spiritual. They're more spiritual. And I think we have to be right. very careful when we're throwing that stuff around, uh, which is why in the last segment, that which we're coming up to, uh, we're going to talk about uh, what not to do. There's going to be a lot of familiar things in here that uh, Stuart and I are going to go through in this last segment and, and just kind of compare that, what we're used to doing, what many of us are used to doing, versus uh, what God's Word says. Then next week when we come back, we'll do part two and talk about, okay, how do we discern God's will? How do we make good decisions that are in accordance mm -hmm. with that will that are pleasing to the Lord? We're going to do that in part two uh, next week when we come back with Dr. Stuart Scott. Uh, but uh, again, Stuart, thank you so much uh, for being here. I just wanted to say that before Absolutely. we run out of, out of runway on this particular segment. We have one more segment to do, so don't worry about that. But we're going to continue to talk about this. And if you want, uh, Stuart's got an excellent nine-page document that can really help you study this. Just email me, steve at thestevenobleshow.com. We'll pick it up there when we come back with Dr. Stuart Scott from BJU Seminary on Theology Thursday. Don't go anywhere.
back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday, as it is each week with our friends at BJU Seminary doing a two-parter this time. Today is uh, pre-recorded because I'm in Winston-Salem at the Homeschool Convention. We're with Dr. Stuart Scott. It's always great to have Stuart uh, back in the house talking about God's will and decision-making, which a lot of us struggle with this one. We we want to be in God's will. We want to do things in accordance with God's will and his character. We all want to be good Christians. And, uh, and, but when it comes to making big decisions, medium sized, where to go to school, uh, should I t- quit this job and take another job? Should I leave this job and relocate to another part of the country? Uh, please Lord, show me what to do. I don't want to screw this decision no. up. And, and I, and I appreciate that Stuart. I think a lot of us agonize yeah. over those things. And mm-hmm. like my wife and I, now we moved to the house we're in two and a half years ago. It's the biggest house we've ever lived in. It comes with great benefits, but it comes with great costs as well. And a lot of maintenance. Yeah. I've been power washing over the last few days. I probably power wipe. It's a miracle that I can even hear you. Uh, I've probably been power washing for 10 hours and pine straw and mulch and all the other stuff. And we're like, how? And our, our youngest is going out to college this fall. My father in law lives with us half a year. We're like, should we stay in this thing? I mean, it costs us a lot of money. It's been great for a couple of years, but it should this season end, maybe we should just dump this pig and move on. Uh, and, and and so we struggle with those things too. And and with adult children, as you know, what kind of advice mm-hmm. do we give our kids? And, and, uh, and when we know that they're not making decisions in accordance with God's will, what does that even mean? And like, Hey, you need to pursue the Lord in this. And it, sometimes it sounds like you're speaking mumbo jumbo. So this is not uh, just a theoretical Topic. This isn't just something in the deep end of the theological pool. This is something that we all, I think, struggle with to one level or another, which is why I'm so appreciative of you bringing this up, Stuart, and the fact that we can do this for two weeks in a row is just awesome. So thank you again for doing this. Oh, absolutely. I'm glad to uh, be on the show and and talk about this uh, topic that affects us um, all day long, every day. You've got a rather long list here. Of the things, what not to do, examining popular ways to know and do God's will, methods and motives to either avoid using, be cautious of, or not see as normative for Christians today. And, and that word normative, this, that's a word that I encountered when I took this class, a, a semester class at Southeastern on God's will and, and moral decision making. When he looked at, you know, how did Paul decide to go here and go there, what he was doing in his missionary journeys? And often, a few times, it says the spirit kept him from going here. The spirit sent him there. That's only a couple times. That's not normative is why right. I brought that word up. And, and I was like, oh, okay. So uh, maybe uh, there were times when, hey, Paul, where are you going next? I don't know. I think I'm going to go to this one city. Really? Why there? I've never been there. <laughs> I kind of like to see it. And we go, I don't know. I don't know if you're in God's will. I also put it this way, Stuart. I'm like, you get saved in New York City. God says, hey, Steve, I'm going to I'm going to pick you up in L.A. Uh, when you're 86. So meet me in L.A. when you're 86. And here you are at 36. Uh, you just became a follower of mine. And uh, go get him, Tiger. I love you. I'll see you later. And there I am in New York City. And I'm like, well, what do I do now, Lord? Like, what's your will for me? What do I do now? And and then really wrestled with, well, I, I got to I got to end up in L.A. one of these days. So perhaps going west, at least to a certain degree, would make sense. So I'm, I yeah, leave New York. Yeah. I get to I-95. And the thing about I-95, Stuart, is it goes north and south. And I'm there and I'm like, well, Lord, Lord, I need a tractor trailer to come by and show me which way to go. Could you imagine for a second that God looks me square in the eye and says, hey, Steve, which way would you like to go? 
Yeah. Uh, is that is that an option? Uh, yeah. Wh- which way would you like to go? I don't know. I kind of hate cold weather. I used to live in Chicago. I was in. I'm kind of done with that. All right. Then if you don't want cold weather, go south. Really? Yeah, Steve. If whether you go north or south, I'm with you. And there's nothing inherently wrong with you going south, is there? No. And then you get down. You know, should I go to Florida? Should I cut west? May, should I go? Hey, maybe I'll go live a few years in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, Steve. That's probably not a great idea. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but to actually have some freedom, I think, uh, messes with people's heads. So, uh, what, what do you think about that in general? Then I want to go through some of these things of what not to do. Yeah, you know, um, God's commands to us uh, don't leave wiggle room. His commands, like, don't lie. Right. Uh, don't steal. Um, love your neighbor. Love your enemy. I mean, these are these are commands we we need to obey. Uh, there's again no wiggle room. It's not open for vote. And but when it comes to principles, mm. like stewardship principles, yes. um, you get into um, principles of let's say hospitality principles. You, there, there's there's various principles in scripture that leave room. And as you said, some, they want every, every breath to be commanded by God. And he doesn't do that. There's Mm -hmm. a, there's a freedom in following him with the principles, as you mentioned, like go West, you know, to, if I want to go to Los Angeles to see my kids, I, I need to go West or unless I want to take a trip around the world. Right, um, which you could east. do if you wanted to. It might be a stewardship yeah. issue, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and time—a yeah. time issue. Right, but uh, there's various roads heading west. Which one would I like to take? Which one would make uh, make better use of time? Or if I have time, maybe see some state parks. Yeah, so which is there's, fine. There's freedom there, yes. and then I trust God. I mean, I look at His mm. commands. We'll talk more about this on the next show, but. If God wants me in his divine plan somewhere, he will get me there. He will redirect my Amen. steps. That's right. Um, it's just amazing how he's doing that to all of his children, everything that's happening. He has a divine plan, and he's, he's working us. Uh, he's working it perfectly, and he's lining us up with it, but we have— choices in it he's we're not robots right yeah that's such an important reminder okay let me throw some of the ones out there that i think we run into a lot okay uh setting up conditions or fleeces okay i'm gonna put a fleece out if i don't get the phone call if i don't get this if something doesn't happen then i guess that's not god's will what about fleeces yeah gideon was not teaching us how to make decisions (laughs) uh if anything uh, since god is always the the main subject and narrative uh which gideon that whole uh, section there in the judges is all about uh, the main subject is God. And, and it's a good lesson there of God's love and patience with his right. children. But Gideon was pretty much putting God to the test. Yeah, that's an example. Um, that's a teaching of what not to do. Yeah, that's so, right. hey, I'm going to put out a fleece. Yeah. Really? So you want to follow Gideon's example of not trusting the Lord? Okay, go ahead. Uh, what about opened and closed doors? Yeah, the it's similar. The use of that, yeah, the Paul used that four times in the New Testament where he prayed for open doors. 
And when you look at the context of each of those times he used it, it's all about he just prayed for opportunities to witness. That's all he did. Uh, open doors. If I go to work, I want to witness for Jesus. I, I want to share Christ with people. That's how he used it. Uh, and there's one uh, portion where the Lord opened up uh, an opportunity and Paul went a different direction and God wasn't angry at him. Uh, the text doesn't say God was upset or because wherever Paul was going to go, he's going to talk about Jesus. Right. So it's it's just an opportunity. The way the language is used, that, that phrase, is it just praying for an opportunity to share Christ. Here's, here's one that I've heard a lot over the years. Uh, I, I have an inner peace about it. Yeah, that uh, when I started looking at peace in the scriptures, I couldn't find where it dealt with decision making. Mm. Uh, We either have peace with God, uh, we're reconciled with faith and and trust in Christ, Romans 5, 1, or we're, we're not trusting God, so we're anxious and we don't have his peace guarding our heart, or there's disunity in Colossians 3.15, and the peace of God needs to guard our hearts uh, in unity in the corporate setting of a church. But there's no use of peace as a decision-making factor. Um, when someone says, I don't have peace about Joe being an elder at the church uh, or a, a pastor, well, I want to ask more questions since yeah. peace isn't used that way. Are you talking about a gut feeling right. that you have about Joe or you're troubled in your mind because you've seen how he treats his kids, how he treats his wife, yeah, that's how different. he does the, you know, now you're looking at first Timothy three, Titus one character qualities yeah, and yeah. you're troubled in your mind. That's different. Yeah, that's different. And this last one, then maybe we'll do a couple of these next week and then we'll dive into what we should be doing. Uh, the last one is just like signs. I'm, I'm looking, I saw a sign. I got a sign from the Lord. What about that? Yeah, uh, signs aren't usually commended yeah. <laughs> by, by, by God. Uh, the Jews are always seeking signs yes. uh, because of their lack of faith. They, they want to live by sight. Mm. They, they want confirmation right. by sight rather than take God at his word. So, um, you know, th- that's what I was relying on early on before I even knew God's word was so adequate mm-hmm. in decision making. And I couldn't figure out whether to work in Columbia, um, South Carolina, or go to Atlanta, where my roommate was from, and uh, work down there for a summer. And I was out looking at trees. I looked at uh, tree limbs, and I saw the tree limbs looked like an A. There you (laughs) go. Well, okay, I'll go to Atlanta. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah, Yeah. that, that is not... I mean, God was patient. Yeah, yeah, praise uh, God. With me, but he does not want me looking at tree limbs right, exactly. like that. Exactly. Uh, or he up, wants me going into his word. Yeah, yeah that's right. So but, we're, we're uh, up against the end, and yeah. that's enough just to get everybody going. We might share a couple more do-nots next week. But next week when we come back with Dr. Stuart Scott, we'll be focusing on how do we make uh, good decisions as Christians so that we can remain in God's will. Stuart, as always, so great to have you on for Theology Thursday. I look forward to uh, doing this again next week. This is Steve Noble on the Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you guys real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by the Truth Network.